Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Welcome, 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 everybody. And I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, Jill, who's here with us tonight. Jill, welcome. I am super excited to have you here. You guys, Jill is going to talk to us about the mindset of big money. And I don't know that there's anybody better to talk about the mindset of big money. She's kind of a a big deal in her world as a real estate agent and has had quite a bit of success in your life throughout your real estate career. So why don't you fill us in a little bit and tell us about you? Yeah. So, well, I've been in real estate almost 20 years. Um, I have, I own a brokerage, have multiple agents. I have, um, also many investment properties and, um, recently crossed the seven figure net worth threshold. Woo! Um, yeah. Amazing. I haven't, I'm really close, but I haven't hit a six figure month just yet. I've been really close. So I'm sure that's coming pretty it's soon. There. It's there. Yeah. Yes. And so it is. I love that. Oh, I can feel it. You are on the precipice of like, it's there, right? Yeah. And that's really what we're going to talk about today is like what that's like to be like on the cusp of moving to the next level. Mm -hmm. And it's honestly, it's the same. It's the same when you come from, you know, making zero to 2000 to 3000 to 5000 and then, or from going from 50 K a month to 60 K a month to a hundred K a month. And it's funny because me and you just last week or the week before on a, on the podcast we did that hasn't been released yet, but it'll be soon. We were talking about process and what is the process that you typically go through, right? Uh-huh. So everybody has their own process that they go through. It's just like buying a house. Like I might take somebody out to see a house and they, they look at a house that's say 160 and try that on. And then they look at a house that's 180 and they try that on. And I can actually see their energy get larger or smaller depending on which house they're trying on to mm-hmm. where they feel that they fit in. So it's really important, I think, when you're going to the next level to pay attention to where you feel you fit in. That's super important. So like me, I I feel that I'm ready to have six six figure months. It's Mm -hmm. like time for that now. And Mm -hmm. even though it didn't happen yesterday and it didn't happen the day before, it's not really on target for tomorrow. Like I'm saying to myself constantly, my self-talk is I'm going to have a six figure month really soon. I'm going to have a six month. It's coming. You know, it's just... And in my mind, it's the next logical step. So that's something else is that we have to get ourselves to the point where it's the next logical step. So the person looking at the house that's 160 or 180, to them, 180 feels too big. Mm -hmm. They want to stick to the 160. So to them, it's not the next logical step to buy the 180 house. Mm -hmm. And inevitably, if I push them to the 180 house, if they're unaware of where they're at energetically, something will happen to make that deal fall apart something will come up. They'll lose their job. They'll change their mind. They'll be spastic about the inspection. So just as an analogy, like if you're not ready and you're rushing it, then something will, will push you back. Cause so, energetically you're not at that vibration. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But it's, it's like a choice, right? So you could go to the 160 house 
and you just, it's embedded with self-worth, right? So you go to the 160 house and you feel like that's all you mm-hmm. can. It can be a number of things. You feel like that's all you can afford. That's the only place you can see yourself. You don't see yourself ever having anything better than that or for this moment, not better than that, you know, or you've said in 20 years, I'll own the 180 house. Not, not now. It can't be right. now. Right. Right. It's because. all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I'm 40, when I'm 35, when I'm, you know, and so we put all these barriers in front of ourselves. I think it's also tied into identity. Like, who are you? Who do you think you are? Do you think that you only deserve a house for 160? Mm-hmm. Right? Or do you really honestly feel the self-worth of wanting a house that's 500? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Where are you at with it? What's the deal? Okay. Like, what, yep. where are you at energetically? You know? It's funny that you say that too, because I knew when I was looking for houses a couple of years ago, I saw a lot. I saw a lot. And I was warned by some friends. They said, this could go on for a while. Like start now, even before you think you're ready, because especially, and I don't know what the real estate market is like all over the world, but people kept saying, especially in LA, you could find something that's at your price point that you love. And at the last minute, an all cash buyer could come in or, and I know that that can happen anywhere, but it was kind of like a thing that had happened to a lot of my friends. And I had that fear when I found the one that I was like, that's it. I know it's the one energetically. I knew it. I just knew it. And I had that fear of it's not going to be mine because, or it's not like, and I talked myself out of it and it ended up, like you said, the things happened that prevented me from, oh my gosh. from actually, and, and ultimately it was kind of my own decision as well. Cause I, I realized maybe I wasn't ready for quite a commitment. It's an important part of the process. If something like that happens, if you take the leap and you realize like it all falls apart, it really is. It's again, it's part of the process. So, but you don't want to waste it. You don't want to go through it and then shrink. Right. Right. So ultimately you ended up buying something or. Okay. So it was at the very top of my price point. So when you said that, you know, when you were talking about energetically, how you feel your way into it, I was like, Oh my God, this is it. This is what I got approved for. This is amazing. But there were 12 other, literally 12 other people there looking at it when I saw it, because I knew it was a good deal. I knew the price point that it was at was like really good, you know, well-priced for what it was. And in my mind, I just knew, although it energetically felt like this is perfect. This is what I'm looking for. I didn't think I had a chance of getting it. So we walked out of there and my realtor who I love to this day, no, I didn't buy anything, but to this day, when I do, it will be her. She was just amazing. We walked out. She said, what do you think? And I said, I think I'm wasting both of our time if we don't put a bid in, because that's the first house that I really, really knew for sure that I wanted. It has everything that I had on my list. Every box was checked, but I was so confident saying that to her because I didn't think I was going to get it because there were so many people interested in it. So I was just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's put a bid in on it. And so she did. And unbeknownst to me, she wrote a really nice letter to the sellers about me ah. and just letting them know what a perfect candidate I would be to, to purchase this. Like, yeah, just wrote something really nice. And I was not the highest bidder and they chose me. Oh my gosh. So, right. So all the things were aligned. My energy, I felt it. It checked all the boxes. Example of you getting in your own way. Well, but I'll, I'll tell you where I actually didn't. And it, it was the right decision because, so she called me like three days later. So she put in the offer. It was moving very quickly because I had so much interest, so many offers placed on it. And she said, I'll call you by Wednesday. She called me Wednesday morning. She said, congratulations, you're a homeowner. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I was like, Whoa. Oh, what is, what does this mean? And she's like, they chose you. You weren't the highest bidder, but they just knew you were the right one and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, and then that little bit of like, I don't know, I guess like claustrophobia (laughs) set in. I was like, Oh my God, no, I actually have to go through with it. And she said, don't worry. You can, I'll let you know, right up until the point where you can't back out, 
We'll go through the inspection. We'll go through everything. I'll let you know when it's time when you really need to know for sure. And then what happened is I was good with everything until we got to the point where their deal fell through that they were purchasing. So they were going to be looking to rent from me for at least four months, but it was less than what my mortgage would have been. And so to me, that's where it felt out of alignment. And that's when I was like, you know what? I've had a couple of like fears and doubts. And maybe this is just giving me the permission that I need to say this isn't the right time. And honestly, like looking back, truth be told, it was an awesome place, but I know I made the right decision. But when you were talking about that energetics of it and how something will happen to cause it to not be, that's exactly what happened. How long ago was that? Three years, I think. I'm. I don't want to burst your bubble on like feeling like, okay, it wasn't aligned and I watched the signs and this kind of thing. I wonder how much it would be worth today. I look at it a lot. It actually went up for sale again. It fell through two more times. They ended up keeping it. It did sell about a year later for like 35,000 more. And now it's like, I don't know what it was at about probably about eight months ago is the last time I looked at it. And it was still considerably higher than what it was three years ago. So it could have been really awesome for you is my point. And and it's not like I'm not armchair quarterbacking you or anything. We're using this as an example of like, that was potentially your next level. And instead you shrunk a little bit, no criticism, just an observation for this example. And you particularly, we talked about this process for a while. So you're still in process. It sounds like of even buying a house or not. Yeah. I mean, I think I've decided it is the commitment that I don't really want to take on right now. In some ways, great. In other ways, not for me, but I feel pretty good about about where I am. But you're right. It's very indicative, not just of me and how I operate, but I think this is a a really good analogy, a really good story for everybody in here, because I know, as you know, so many people know what their dreams and desires are and they get so close to making them happen and then they bulk or then they turn like you're so close. Yeah. It's like you didn't come this far to come this far. And and we give up on ourselves. We abandon ourselves in the name of our fears, in the name yeah. of so you're right there. It shows up. Mm-hmm. It shows up in so many ways. And that's a, that was a great example. And yeah. I think I see it a lot. I do. I, I see it a lot. And I will take I work with a lot of couples. I'll take a couple out and I'll show them one house and it'll be run down, dingy, dirty. They'll be like, I love it. And then I'll take them to like a house that's maybe 10,000 more. That's like beautifully done. All re- And they're like, we really like the other house better. And I'm like, right. It's where their self-worth is at. It's where their, it's, totally. it's their identity. It's how they feel about themselves. So it's like, you know, there's people that I could talk to and show them what I'm on track to make this month. And they'd be like, holy shit, I don't make that in a year. And for them, they'd be like, they'd totally shut down. Like it's unheard of. It's not like, you know, so it's like, you really have to work on your identity, making it your logical next steps. Mm -hmm. But also don't forget, we have to be in service too, right? Making a lot of money is about solving a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. To make a little bit of money, we solve a little bit of problems. To make a lot of money, we solve a lot of problems. Yep. I love that. It's yeah. so true. It's so, or, or you solve bigger problems. You solve, you know, the, the degree of someone's problem, I'm sure is in direct correlation to how much money you're making to help solve that problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the bigger it is, the more they want to get rid of it. And people love paying to get their problems to go away. Yeah. For sure. For sure. <laughs> right you know, now- too, is, is you said this earlier about your 6k month. 
and how it's there. And what I love when I talk about things like that with people is acknowledging it already exists. That's what I think is so cool. That reality already exists. It's just up to you to rise to that vibration and put yourself there. Like you said, that's your level up. And it's feeling your way into that next level. It already exists. It's feeling and it's also thinking, right? So like, I cannot continue to think the way that I think and make it to the consistent success, right? So like, I've had to evaluate my team, my systems, my processes, my marketing, my my spiel I give to people, like everything has to be reevaluated whenever you're getting to that like next big jump. Right. Because so, otherwise you're going to stay where you are. If you keep doing things, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can get, there's like segments, right? So you get like, if you're making 3K, maybe you get to 10K with that same mentality. But then once you get to 10K, you're not going to get to 20K doing what you did at 3K. You know, so it's like, you have to learn some of that money has to be reinvested. You know, right. what's, what's the hires you need to make? What's the books you need to read? Oh, good book before I forget is The Big Leap. Have you read it? No, but it's come up a couple of times. Maybe you said it to me when we were doing the podcast recently. No? Okay. Maybe. I'm writing it down. Leaders are readers. The Big Leap. It's so good. I think it's Gay Hendricks. And um, he basically talks about, he calls it upper limit symptoms. Mm -hmm. So when you're like just about to go to your next level, like the things that show up that are like not even self-sabotage, but just the different problems that can arise and, Mm -hmm. and how they hold you back and keep you on the level you're at already. I love that. Yeah. Cause that's really, it, it, like you said, there's ranges, I think for each level, like if yeah. you're at 3k now you can get to 10k, but then things have to be reevaluated and everything has to be tweaked or changed or shifted so that something changes so that you're able to get to that next. And it doesn't always happen like organically overnight. Like you said, it may not be tomorrow. It may not be in, in preparation immediately, but evaluating that, looking at it and making those changes is what starts to change that vibration. It's definitely a process and knowing how long you typically process is invaluable. So like we've, we've talked about the way you process. I also am a long processor. I have tried to shorten it by being observant of like, what is it that I'm processing? But some stuff just has to go in there, turn around and take its time. You know, I've been thinking about 5k months for I mean, um, 50K months for- Wait a minute. I hope you're not still thinking about 5K months. Five figure, 50K months for, I I don't know how long, like at least two years, it's been in there swirling around, you know? So, I mean, I'm consistently doing that. That's easy now, but it's like, you know, you think about it for so long and you're processing and you're like, okay, how do I tweak this? And what do I tweak? And how do I, you know, so it's like, you're always- you know, you're processing, taking little actions along the way, but also you have to, you do. I mean, I've seen a lot of people take like the quantum leaps Mm -hmm. for me. I need the incremental. I I'm not good at the quantum leaps. Everyone around me goes into shock. I go into shock. I start like second guessing everything. So I like the incremental, Mm -hmm. you know, next steps. That's my way to process and combat like the upper limit symptoms type thing that you'll read about in the book. Like I like to have incremental, okay, I did 50 K this month. I'll do 55 next month. I'll do 60 the next month. Like, right. you know, I like slow and steady growth. I'm a fan of that. So like knowing that about yourself, Hey, if you're a, a quantum leaper, more power to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, everybody's different, but for me personally, I like to process slowly and that way 
I can be cognizant and aware of what's changing around me because people, people are probably the hardest thing. Your best friend will not want to talk to you anymore. All of a sudden when you're making 50 K a month, like they're doing 3k or 5k or sometimes 2k a month. And 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 now like, what do we talk about? I'm in freaking Cancun and you're like trying to figure out how to get lunch. What are we talking about on the phone? You know? So it's like, there's so many things that you don't even realize are going to change and not necessarily because you're making more money, but because you just start to become a different person. Energetically, you're just in a different space. And that's what it's all about. Really. It's not about making more money. It's about who you become in the process. Mm Mm-hmm. I, you know, and it's interesting to hear you say that because I started to learn that the hard way um, when I stopped drinking alcohol. So I went sober. And I remember years ago, my best friend, Jamie, telling me, when you, when you are sober, you have to change your friends. And this was like 20 years ago. You know, we were just talking about it. It didn't make sense to me. I was like, well, why would I, if I stopped drinking, I would still hang out with all my same friends. I would still see you. It just didn't, it didn't click in my head. And then when I did, and and I decided this is not for me anymore, I didn't have anything in common with those people anymore. And it's not that they were bad people or I was a bad person or anything was wrong. It's just my energy had shifted. My priorities had shifted. And I had to recognize that and become aware of that. And as hurtful as it was in certain ways, like you said, you know, losing friends when you get to 50K, like energetically, you're just, you're out of you're, you're not in the same space anymore. Like you said, you're in Cancun. She's trying to get lunch. Like there's a, it's a tough pill. I think to swallow sometimes that a lot of other things in your life have to shift when you make those shifts in those areas. Yeah. And even that, even realizing that you're on two different planes sometimes takes some time, you know, even even that is like a, a wonky, like transformation. You kind of have to go through, like you're growing apart Mm -hmm. really is what it is. And it can be painful and there needs to be time to adjust to that for me. That's why I think you and I are the same. Like I'm a, I just, I need to acclimate. Yeah. I need to get caught up to the changes that are happening. So it doesn't feel so whirlwindy, level all over the place. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm I'm a fan of processing that way. I like slow and steady growth. How Um, long did it take you to see, acknowledge and accept that? that you are and, and make it okay that that's who you are because you had to have seen like quantum leaps here or this person's doing this. And like, did you used to compare yourself and then you came into acceptance with it? There's a little bit of, yeah, there was a little bit of comparison that went on. Like, um, yeah, like, like I would see people quantum leap, like that looks so easy for them. How did they go from 5k to 70k? Right. How did they do that? Or they just got in the industry. Like, why are they having such success? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have raised my hand and asked a, a few very qualified people why I move so slowly. And I had to sit with it. It was very recent. I would say in the last year, year and a half, I realized that I didn't move as, I'm not moving as fast as my peers on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And part of it is probably because I have probably needed more help than I've gotten. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not to be conceited, but I, I tend to be really good at like, all the tasks. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I can pay somebody for an hour of work, but it takes me 10 minutes, I'm like, I'm just going to take the 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, I'm, I'm right now I'm at a place where it's like, I need to really pay somebody to do the hour. Like I just need to stop with the, this is only going to take me 10 minutes. Right. I've recently realized that's part of the reason it takes me so long. Some of my goals and things, because mm-hmm. I've literally 
got my hand on everything when maybe I should have somebody else's hand on it. You know, that's a tough one to learn, especially for somebody like you, who is, I mean, part of your success was you, you created it by doing all those things. DIYer. I'm like, hi, I'm Jill and I'm addicted to DIY. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if I want to, if I want to get my nails done, like, I'm like, oh no, I can do it. I sit there for three hours and they look okay. You know, instead of just going to get them done. And it's, I wouldn't say I'm cheap. I just, I like to DIY. I like to keep my own books. I like to take care of all my contracts. I like to talk to all my people. Like I like it. It's, you know, but at um, some point it prevents you from moving into that next level. It makes me slow at a lot of things like, okay, so I'm, I'm processing all these things that I want to do. And right now I'm calling it processing, but it's really that I probably need to delegate some of it so that it can get done quicker. (laughs) That was a realization I had not too long ago. And you've seen a big part of that transformation as well, but owning that I really was the one holding myself back when I wasn't allowing those things to be taken. It's always us. It's always us. Yeah. I think it's okay though. Whatever, whatever the process is, I think it's important not to beat yourself up over it. So while I realized I process slowly, I make decisions, I'm extremely calculated. So I need time. I need time to look at it from this way and look at it from that way. And like you said, if it goes too fast, it feels wonky and a little out of control. And I, you know, so I'm, I'm okay with it. I've, I've accepted it. Are there areas in your life where you are very aware that you do, can, and do make quick decisions? Do I make quick decisions and can I? It depends. Like I make, I do, I make decisions all day. I end up at the end of the day with decision fatigue. Mm -hmm. If it's a bigger decision, that's the type of thing I need to process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if it's like, you know, I'm looking at a million dollar building and we're negotiating and the seller is higher than I really want to spend, then I'll sit with that. You know, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. sit with it. I'm not, I'm not going to make a rash decision. I've got to look at the numbers. I've got to calculate, but I do, I make quick decisions if I, on what I want to eat or <laughs> I actually, I'm I know in Washington, D.C. you made some very quick decisions about eating. <laughs> I will never forget that. <laughs> You were like, nope, I'm out. Let's go. Let's do this. We're done. It's not happening. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I think we stayed there though. And we ate and they brought us everybody's food. Cause we were yeah. there, some of the only ones that, that ended up staying there. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So I, yeah. And I, and I love and appreciate that you are sharing that you're a slow processor like me and that it's okay. Because, and that's why I asked about the comparison question because I found that I was doing that so much and I was making myself so wrong. And I've said it in this group many times, but I think it's worth saying again, I love the, um, the story about the goldfish and how, if he were to judge himself for his ability to climb a tree, he'd feel stupid for the rest of his life. He doesn't climb trees. That's not his thing. And I I feel like that analogy, that quote just showed me that I'm the goldfish or maybe I'm the monkey climbing the tree. Either way, the monkey's not going to make himself wrong for not knowing how to swim like a goldfish and understanding where our strengths are and what we need to show up as our best self, I think is probably one of the best things you can do in anything in life, you know, knowing yourself and knowing what you need. To be honest, I, that analogy makes me think of like my job. So Mm -hmm. I had a job forever and ever and ever. And I'd started these like side businesses, making money on the side, you know, and, um, I wrote down 
early last year, so probably a year and a half ago, I, I was comparing myself to them. Once I left, all the things that I put in, I was their sales and marketing manager. So all the things that I put in place, all the customer acquisition, all the whole sales pitch, presentation, everything, they're all their advertising, everything I put in place, they were still using. My pictures, my, my text, everything. And they were doing amazing. And so a year after I left, I'm looking back like, wow, they're doing incredible. This sucks. I'm like just starting. I'm starting over. Like, how are they doing so great? And then like, I wrote this down. I was like, I am marching to my own beautiful drum. That's yeah. it. I don't need to look at anybody else's march, song, band. Yep. You know, it really will. It'll drive you crazy. And yeah. I think, too, honestly, making big money is every bit about self-acceptance. Every bit. Yeah. And loving yourself. Like, all the way. Just totally accepting who you are. And stop resisting it. And what your gifts are, right? Like that you really do have something to offer that's worth. I think that's one of the things and I would love to hear you talk about this a little bit because I know, I still remember the first time I saw you, we were in Cancun and you were sitting in that front table right in the center and you raised your hand and you asked a question and Gina brought you on stage. And I remember thinking, wow, do you remember this? I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow she knows her shit. She knows her worth. Like she's got, like, I could just, there was an energy about you, you know? And and obviously since then I've seen you transform and grow even more, but there was clearly a, I'm worthy and I do this. And I'm like, like, it was just a confidence that I really loved and respected. And I think what I run into a lot with my clients and with people in this community and myself included sometimes is or, or at least I guess this was how I started years ago when I was a health coach. I felt so bad about receiving money. And I, I have those conversations so often with women in this group where they're like, but I feel really bad charging for that. Or I, and, and I'm like, but you just told me you want to help as many people as you possibly can. That those two thoughts are out of alignment because you can't keep helping people if you aren't helping yourself and able to receive for the work that you're doing. So what are, what are your thoughts on that when somebody feels bad about charging or they're not willing to receive for their gifts? Yeah, I, I think I went through that too. I it's a tough one as women, especially, I think. It, it's really a tough one. It really is. And the sad thing is people will take advantage of you if you're not careful. They really will. Absolutely. And, and then you different. talk to them and they're resentful months later. Cause they're like, just mad at the world for all this, you know, like they're not happy with what they're doing. It's a two part, I think to get over that. Like one part is you're really not giving people a chance to invest in themselves mm-hmm. if you're not taking the money. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I've had experience where I've spent 10 K I've spent 20 K on packages. I've spent 5 K and like, I've also had experiences where people are like, okay, this is a beta program. It's going to be a thousand dollars and you don't give like when you, when you invest at, at a higher level, you give back to the program. You're like, okay, I'm going to do everything I can for my 10 K. So like if you're the person receiving the 10 K, like that's also in service to your client. Yes. Because, because spending that level of money takes you to another level mentally. The minute you sign up. Mm-hmm. Totally. You become a different, when you invest at an amount that's like stretching you, that's out of your comfort zone, that right there immediately up levels you. So if you aren't charging people correctly, you're robbing them of that experience. 
I love so that's that. One way to look at it. So we're really, in order to receive the money, you're actually giving them a gift. So if you need to think of it that way, you can think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Another way is making it an even exchange. So like, if you don't feel like you're giving enough value, you will not want to receive. Mm-hmm. So I used to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to make $10,000 on selling this house. Mm-hmm. Right. But then problems would come up and I would get in there like mama bear and be like, no, you're going to fix this heater and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. So it's like, I would look back and be like, I poured my soul into that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I deserve that 10 K. I worked really hard for that. Right. And I still do it now. Like I'll look and I'll be like, I do a lot of video marketing in my local area. So I'll look and I'll be like, well, I know they saw this video. I know they saw that video. I know they learned this. I know they learned that. So it's like, you know, and then too, like some of it just comes over time. So seeing, for instance, if you bought that house three years ago, mm-hmm. right. And now you could sell it and make a hundred thousand dollars because mm-hmm. of the coaching that I was able to give you to be able to purchase it. Like if you do, if you were my client, you'd have bought that house. <laughs> I, I get cold feet all the time. I'm I'm so good at cold feet and overbearing parent or overbearing parents always. So, but yeah, but that's my value, right? Yeah. So I can look at that, and so, again, some of it comes with hindsight. Like I can look back on some of the clients that I've helped and say I helped them get there. I helped them with that, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's an even exchange. Then it's not just about taking. It's not even just about receiving, but it's an even exchange and you have to at least have the self-worth for that. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really powerful because you're right. We feel bad about take it. Well, I think it's two things also. I think sometimes the gift, the, the experience, whatever it is that people are sharing in how they're solving problems and showing up for their client comes so easily to them. It feels And I can speak to this because I know this is one of my big struggles. I have this belief that the work, the success, it has to be hard. It has to come with hard work. Mm, That happens too. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I'm not worried, like I found the other day, you've already done the hard work. I, I was doing something the other day and I literally had blocked off an hour to send videos to people. That's my thing. That's how I introduce myself to people. That's how I ask people to come into my world And I was like, okay, I blocked off an hour and, or maybe it was like two hours and I sat outside to do it. I was at a park and I was like, how can I make this more fun? I'm going to go to a park. I'm going to sit outside. I'm going to film all my videos. And when I was done, I was tired and I wanted something to eat, but I was like, well, now I have to work. And then I was like, wait a minute, that was work. Like (laughs) understanding that what I had just done didn't need to feel or be any harder than it was was tough for me to understand in that moment. And I almost went and pulled out my to-do list and started doing more. And then I was like, I have, I know, I recognize that I have this belief that it needs to be hard. I think this is also where comparison is good. Mm -hmm. Or you can look around and be like, well, so-and-so made 5k, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like, why shouldn't I? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's where, where comparison can really serve us. Like I look up agents sometimes. I'll be like, wondering, like, I wonder how many deals they have. And it's not like a jealousy thing, but it's like, wow, I didn't know that was possible. That's it. Yeah. It's showing ourselves what's possible. And I say that a lot in this, in this community. I'm like, we are walking permission slips for each other. Like this isn't about comparison. It's about showing somebody else what's possible for them. If you can have that, that outlook when you look at it. Absolutely. Yeah. Instead of the like, I'm not doing enough. I should be doing more. Like don't want to be beating yourself up at all. But like just looking with the objective eye of like, 
well, if she can make 5k doing it, mm-hmm. or if she can make a hundred thousand dollars this month, what makes her any different than me? Exactly. And why not me? If she can do it, why not me? Right. It, because there is no reason why not. Right. And that's, that's when you can see it as that and not make yourself wrong and not make it about you or what you haven't done. It's just, Oh, cool. I can do that too. No different than somebody riding a bike and you don't know how to ride a bike yet. It's like, Oh, cool. There's other people riding a bike. Like I can figure this out and it might take me a little work to get there, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, and if they can ride a bike, why can't I, if she can make 5k doing it, why shouldn't I? Right. And then too, like, I think it helps to have, I don't know, like, I made a client like a list of like what I wanted my clients to be like ages ago. And I did on there, you want them to be appreciative, right? I don't want to sit at a table and somebody looks at my check and goes, how in the world did you make that? Mm-hmm. Like I'd be embarrassed, you know, I want them to feel like, girl, you earn this when they're handed it to me, you know? And so I, I do, I wouldn't say I don't overdo it, but I do make sure that I deliver value to people. Mm-hmm. I want to be sure that I am delivering an easy, drama-free, stress-free transaction that they feel good about. Right now in my area, it's really hard to get a house. So I'm also making sure my clients get the house that they want. Mm -hmm. So it's like I'm providing value. And I logically, I know I'm providing value. So it's not about a feeling anymore, but it's like what logically am I doing for these people, Mm -hmm. right? I'm available till, you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night sometimes. I, I mean, I've talked to people all day and night. You know, people call me of cold feet. They need you to keep their inspection straight. Like it's, it's a lot. So yeah, I can make 10 K on a sale. Why not? And you know, I love how you just told that story too. And you, you wove in, I don't remember when it was, it was either this week or last week on one of my lives. I do a couple of each week in here. And I was talking about how it's what you bring to the table. It's what you're like you as a realtor for those people, the fact that, and I'm not saying everybody should be available at all hours. You've got to do what, what works for you. But the fact that you're able to talk them through cold feet, you're there for them to answer questions. You're available until 11 or 12. You're going to make sure they get the house that they want. You are taking your gifts, your expertise, your know-how from being in that industry and allowing it to be a part of their experience that they otherwise wouldn't have if they didn't choose you. And that there in and of itself lies the value. And back to comparison, right? Like if they called another agent, they're going to walk away from the house. They're going to lose their hundred thousand dollars. They could have had if they bought three years ago. Right. You know? So it's like, if they, if they call me, it's going to be quick, easy, painless, you know? So I know, I know it's worth it. Right. To have that kind of guidance. I have also seen, and this is translatable in any industry. I have also seen people without representation and how bad that can go. Mm Mm-hmm. So you, you guys know how bad it can be for, for people who need help. Yeah. Like if without any guidance, what's that look like? Somebody trying to go it alone without the guidance and the accountability from week to week of having a health coach who has a level of experience that, that that person needs, like, why are they trying to do that themselves? Like they don't have, they're not supervised. They're not getting anywhere. I'm going to give them all a reframe too, because it's so needed. I don't see health coaches anywhere right now. Nowhere. I don't see any, I posted the other day. I was like, you know, I would love to work out with somebody on zoom, but I also want somebody who can tell me what the hell to eat. I don't want to get, I don't think there's a guesswork. Obviously I'm busy doing other things. So that's what I think where I think health coaches lack that worthiness or that understanding of how valuable they are, because it's not that you couldn't figure it out. Jill, you as Jill Sussman couldn't 
you could sit down on Google and be like, what should workout should I do? You could look into some programs, but like you don't have time and you don't want to, and it doesn't interest you to look into that. The, the paying for like, and it's even like what you talked about earlier with DIY. Like I don't even do my own nails because I don't want to have to figure out how to do them or how to file them. Or how, like, I just, I sit in the chair. I've gone to the same woman for years and years and years. She does my mani-pedi and then I'm done and it's great. And I enjoy the experience. And I think people are looking for that exact same thing with health coaching or buying a house or they're looking for the experience. And they're just too busy. They're just too busy. They're too busy. That's the thing. All right, here, I'll take it another step further into a reframe. Like I'm too busy to work out. I'm a licensed yoga instructor. And still do not take the time to roll up my mat and go and do yoga by myself. I don't need an instructor. I don't need, you know, I have books about eating or whatever. I, I, I'm almost Vedic certified. Like I got it all, but I, and I am extremely disciplined, but Mm -hmm. I still don't do it. Yep. If I were paying somebody, do you think I'd show up? Absolutely. Probably. It's what I learned last year. You'll appreciate this. When we were in Greece, I asked Gina a question about, I forget what the question even was. And she went into this whole thing about self-trust. She said, Nicole, if you don't trust yourself to do it, then you hire somebody to make sure it gets done. She said, I don't like to work out. I'm going to hire a trainer so that I make sure I show up for my workouts. Not because I can't do it on my own, but I don't trust myself to do it on my own. And when she said that, a lot of things made sense. And I realized it's not that we, just because you should do something doesn't mean that you, or, or you can do something doesn't mean that you should, especially if you're going to keep putting it off and not doing it, then you're not doing it. Yeah. So hiring somebody to help you do that is actually going to accomplish your goal versus just procrastinating. So November of 2018, I bought a $3,000 treadmill. Mm-hmm like promising myself, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Like, I don't need to wait till December or January. Like I'm going to be early. I'm such an overachiever. October, November, I ordered this thing. I think I've been on it seven times, three grand. Right. So then this year, 2019, just before 2020, I was like, okay, October, November. I was like, I got to do something. Signed up for a gym. This place is awesome. It's one-on-one training. I think it's like $40 a session, $50 a session. And it's half an hour. So it's expensive, but I was showing up every day and then COVID happened. Health coaches, are you hearing this? You yeah. are needed. By the way, I bought a live treadmill and her name is Cassie and she nudges me every morning and says it's time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it gives me zero excuses. Um, I have to go every day, but well, the weather where you live is beautiful. Okay. So you have that. It makes it a lot easier. <laughs> and that was my self-trust. I knew if I had a dog that wasn't going to give me any breaks on it, that I would absolutely have to go on a walk every day. And there are days where I'm like, and I love her, but, um, there's days where I know I would have skipped it if it, if it weren't for her. But, you know, I hear so often I've, I've heard from many of my clients that I've worked with. They're like, there are so many health coaches out there. I'm like, are there, are there really? Or are you just surrounded by them? And is your Instagram feed full of them because you're friends with all of them? Because that's not the reality for the world. Number one. Number two, so what? I don't see plumbers going, you know what? I can't be a plumber. There's already too many of them out there. Like people have pipes that need to be fixed and they always will. There's always room for more plumbers. This is not, you know, and like, or or I, I use this example a lot. I'm like, listen, if John Mayer had said, you know what? Prince is already playing a damn good guitar and so is Lenny Kravitz. There's no room for me. I'm not even going to do it. People are already good at guitar. We would have missed out on that. 
And he obviously gave a completely different, unique experience to what his guitar playing is like. And I think that's where we really have to recognize and own our worth is you're not every health coach. There may be some of them out there. There's not a ton of them out there. We're listening to a person tell us right now that she would love to have a health coach. And I am in a community with coaches. I don't know any health coaches. You're the only one I thought was a health coach, you know, a while back. And that's, who else is a health? I don't know. (laughs) There are not, there are not many. And the ones that are, this is why I got so lit up and passionate and why I started doing what I'm doing and became a sales coach for health coaches because I'm fascinated by the world of sales in the same way that I was fascinated by the world of math. I think those are like my masculine energies that like love that kind of logical linear. Exactly. But the, but the, the other side of me loved the health and wellness world. And so I became a health coach and then I just saw nobody doing anything with it. Myself included. Cause I realized at the beginning, I mean, I, I was, I health coached for a while and I, I had some clients, but I made all the mistakes that health coaches make where I was taking people on for free. Cause I didn't want to charge, or I believe that there were already too many health coaches out there. I believe that I didn't know what to say or do. And I had all the same excuses that I hear now, which is why I got so excited and passionate about helping people because there aren't enough of us out there. And the ones who are certified that aren't doing anything with it are needed. Yeah. It's very They're needed, but I they're like- too busy in their own fears to recognize that somebody needs them right now. And they're holding back from reaching and finding that person. Yeah. They got to get over themselves. Yeah. And as you know, I mean, it's, it's a mindset thing because, um, it's a process. It's listen, some of us are slow processors. <laughs> some of us need to acclimate. Having a coach is probably the best thing you can do to make big money. I was going to ask you about that to comment on it, because that's the other thing I hear. Everybody wants to bootstrap it. Everybody wants to like, well, when I get this or when I get that, or, you know, I'm just working on my website. Once I get my, what, what, what are you putting on your website before you have clients? Why are you making a website? You don't have any, you don't know your brand. You don't even know what problem you solve, but I've got people who want to build out an entire website and create a whole Instagram strategy and they can't tell me what problem they solve. Oh, and that's the problem, right? So like, if you do all that stuff and then you get a coach, like they're going to be like, and eh, let's do it all different. <laughs> and you might discover after like a couple of months of working with the people that you thought you wanted to work with that turns out you don't want to work with those people at all. And now you've got a whole brand built around what you thought you wanted to do. And now you've got to scrap it all and start all over again. And we could talk forever about the benefits of a coach. That's just one of them because they're going to actually save you money from preventing you from doing things that you don't need to do before you're really at a position to need to do them in your business. You know, what else is invaluable about a coach is we process, right? You and I both process. Mm -hmm. I feel like somebody who's trained from the outside can look at it and be like, all right, here's what you're processing right now. Here's the answer. Stop processing. Move on to the next thing to process. Like it just, that's what speeds up the processing. Really. If if that for me, it is I I, on my sessions with my coach. I'm like, well, okay, that's, we're good. We're going to move on. (laughs) Moving on. on. I would have spun out on this for about the next three weeks. Thank you very much. (laughs) We're going to just move right along and I'm going to go take care of that. And like being coachable, I think has been a a big lesson for me as well. Like just why the hell did I pay somebody a lot of money to coach me if I'm not going to follow the coaching was a question I had to ask. That's part of the process. You know what I mean? Like that's just, that's just something you had to learn through, you know, the time and the process. And I love that you said, like, if you want to make big money, hire a coach. Like I just, 
It's not going to, I mean, and anybody at any level in their life that's had any kind of success has a coach. Tom Brady has a coach, not the coach of the, who is he with now? The Buccaneers, not that coach of the football team, but his own personal coach. Like people don't achieve things without some kind of motivation, accountability, inspiration, and expertise to help guide them because we can't see what's going on at the level that we're at. It's really hard to get to the next level without somebody who's like outside of where you are sort of guiding you. Like you said, exactly, exactly. All those things. So how did you discover the world of coaching? Like what made you go? Yeah, that's what I need. Oh, gracious. Um, well, when I was a kid, my dad like started listening to Tony Robbins. So I knew who he was like pretty early on. And then I was probably 18 or 19 for Hanukkah. My dad gave me like a whole, I think it was unleash your power by Tony Robbins. So I listened to that right now. Oh my gosh. It doesn't, he start off talking about the 13 year old girl who was like raped by her uncle and was pregnant. No, I haven't heard that part yet. What would you say about a 13 year old girl who was raped by her uncle and was pregnant? And I think had an abortion. I'm pretty sure I had an abortion. And it was Oprah. And I was freaking hooked for life. I was like, what? It's a total reframe in the first five seconds of like turning the thing on. So I've always followed Tony Robbins. Then I got into uh, Deepak Chopra is where I got my yoga license. And I heard them together. I heard them speak together. Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra. It was like an interview they did together. And that's how I learned about Deepak Chopra. And those, so when I went to get my yoga license, that's where I went to the Chopra center. Mm-hmm. And then I started to follow them. And then Mind Valley started mm-hmm. stalking me because their marketing was so good. Hint, hint, you guys marketing. Yeah. So they started stalking me because I had, you know, been to the Chopra center and stuff. So then I started to follow Mind Valley. Mind Valley is where I found Gina. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of followed, I followed her. I followed a bunch of people. And I just slowly, in my slow process, did an online coaching thing, which was like, you know, like hands off kind of thing. And then I raised my hand again and was like, okay, I'm ready to do like the trips. I'm ready. You know, so it's like, yeah. it was a very yeah. slow process to get a coach. I tried to coach a Tony Robbins coach wasn't my jam at all. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you've got to try a few on, mm-hmm. uh, but looking back in my life, whenever I have made those big changes even though the process takes a little time it always starts with some new energy some new mentor somebody who saw a different life for me because that's usually what a coach does is they have the vision before you do you know so they can really guide you because they can see way ahead of where you are yeah yeah so that's how i got into it they see in you what you can't see in yourself or are unwilling or unavailable to see in yourself until you do. Yeah. They'll hold that space for you until you get there. And I think that that's one of the biggest benefits to having somebody who really believes in you because the journey of an entrepreneur is extremely challenging and uncomfortable because it's a personal development seminar. I mean, it really, it cracks you wide open. And there's days and weeks and moments where you're like, I can't, I can't go on. I can't do this. But when you've paid somebody money to hold you accountable to your dream, like you said, when you, when you see somebody, their reaction, when they're in a house and they're like, oh my God, this is mine. And then right before they have to make the commitment to it, they get cold feet. 
you are in service to them by talking them out of their cold feet. Cause it's not about them not wanting the house. It's about their fears coming up in that moment. Well, that's when, that's when coaching really serves me, right? Like I'm, I'm a trained coach, not certified, but I am trained. So it's like, that's one of the things that makes me really different. That's probably another way that it's really great to, to mentally get yourself to the next level is realizing how you're different. It doesn't have to be better. It doesn't have to be, you know, whatever, but like, I'm different. so different because I'm available to coach them. I have a client right now. I'm not going to say any names, obviously. He's really a cool guy. Mm-hmm. He's, I met him the first time and we were leaving the house and he was like, I'm crazy, but you wouldn't know it looking at me. And I just looked at him and I was like, me too. So we left. Right. But I knew he meant that like, he's literally certifiable. Like he's bipolar or like whatever the case is. Right. Mm-hmm. We get to, we've seen a, a few houses. I'm trying to show him lower end houses. Cause I don't know what he's capable of. Right. I just met him. He keeps telling me, I want to spend two fifty. I want to spend two fifty. I want to spend two fifty. I'm showing him one fifty. 180, you know, thinking like, I'm going to take it slow with this guy. Like it's his first house. He's already told me he's got some, you know, mental issues going on. Right. Father's day weekend. We buy a house. We buy him a house, right? 250, big old house. Father's day weekend. Big old house because it's not in LA. (laughs) (laughs) For 250. Yeah. 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 He calls me at on Friday and he's like, my dad's flipping out. I don't know what to do. I don't think I can buy the house. I was like, okay, well, give me his number. I'll call him. So I call his dad. The conversation ends with his dad calling me a bitch. He's like this, like, yeah, Southern, like over, way overbearing. And like, you can tell right away, he has no confidence in his sensibilities. Like the guy is like 30 something. Right. And he is obviously had some challenges in life, you know, whether he's been in and out of rehabs, been in and out of mental homes, whatever. So I'm like, all right. So he calls me, the kid calls me back. I'm like, your dad's really mean. He called me a bitch, you know? So I can't hold my, I can't hold my tongue. So I get up my phone and I start, I mean, but he called me a bitch on the phone because I was calling him out. I was right. like, not in a bitchy way, but like in a coaching way. I'm like, your son called you because he wanted you to be proud of him. And you are armchair quarterbacking his decision. Like I just was just blunt but like also saying what he really needed to hear. Do you mm-hmm. think another agent is going to get on the phone with this kid's dad and be like, bro, you need to be proud of your kid. Right. Now I'm all in the family business. Right. Anyway, right. after the father's day weekend debacle, he ends up checking himself into a mental facility. Right. So he's calling me, his dad's calling me. He's not capable of making this decision. I'm like, are you kidding? This kid has 20 K in the bank. He makes 4 K a month from like, he was in the, he was in the service. So it's like, he's got his shit together way more than a lot of people I know. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying to the dad, I'm like, you're not giving him enough credit. He's extremely intelligent. He needs to learn to take care of himself. Is he going to move in with you? Like, so they tell me on the phone, they want to take guardianship of him. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I get him. He calls me from the mental facility. I get him on the phone. I'm I'm playing it so cool, right? Like I've got so many deals. I don't care if he buys the house or not, right? So pressure's off. But I think this kid needs to learn to take care of himself. So I'm like coaching him through that. So he calls me from the mental facility. I've got him on the phone for like four minutes. And I'm like, he's like, my dad said, my dad said, I was like, Josh, you're a grown man. You need to make your own decision. I said, I'm not canceling this contract until you tell me what you want. He's like, I just need more time. I was like, cool, take more time. Nothing's stopping. I'm not going to pull the trigger. You just take more time if that's what you need. You know, mm-hmm. so like every time he called me, I'm like giving him this reframe. Like, no, you are a grown ass man. You don't need to mm-hmm. be catering to what your father says, especially if you can't go live there 
you got to live somewhere. He's getting kicked out of the apartment, not because he did anything wrong, but because there was another agency paying and they weren't going to pay anymore. So it's like, I'm watching this. I'm like, you guys, you have to let this kid be a man, mm-hmm. like let it go. So it's like all this coaching that goes on. Right. But then also yeah. I also have a belief so that of course there's beliefs to getting to the next level. I mm-hmm. have an actual belief that I am guided by God to help mm-hmm. people buy houses, find and buy houses. Like mm-hmm. I've seen so many that work out just perfectly that if, like if I wasn't there, things would have gone differently. And so I feel like people come to me, like I, God sends them to me mm-hmm. so that they can get to their next level. I think if you can connect with the spirit or universe or God or whatever, and really realize that those gifts that you have come from mm-hmm. that, come from God, universe, whatever you want to say. And like, again, it's about being of service. Yeah. So that yeah. I think that really helps too with like getting to your next level. Right. Well, and I just, I, again, I love that the experience of buying a house is totally different and unique with you than it would be with anybody else in this world. And like, I, you know, I did a live on this last week and I, I was talking about when I was new to sales seven years ago, I had a worthiness issue. I had a lot of issues around feeling salesy and I didn't want to be pushy. And then I started to have some success and started to get over that a little bit. But what that allowed me to do is once I started to have that success and I got a little bit of confidence, I realized these people have to buy what they're buying. Even if I'm not a part of anything that goes on in this industry or this world, that person is still going to buy a coffee service. Why shouldn't it be me? I'm out of all my competitors, out of anybody else that they could purchase with, that they could sign a contract with. I'm the best one. I'm going to give them the best experience. I'm going to give them the best service. I'm going to set everything up. I'm detail oriented. I'm diligent about what I do. I'm a great communicator and I genuinely care about them. Who is better than me Right. to win this business from them? Knowing that the business is going to happen no matter what. And when I realized what I bring to the table, my unique experience is what makes it different and makes it better. Everything changed. You know, I had to own what I did, what I was good at. Just like you said, now you're divinely guided and you are, people are sent to you to buy a house. Mm-hmm. It makes me you know? about it, but it's so like, it's so true. So many of the people that I've helped, just the way that everything lined up, the arguments that I've had to have on their behalf, even sometimes it's bringing the families together yeah. that, that like they have been, you know, separated. They haven't been on the same page. Like sometimes I'll bring the man and the woman together. Like it's huge to be able to be of service in that way. It's also draining. Okay. It's also takes a lot out of you. I need to be able to buy good food. I need to be able to buy coffee. If I need it, I need to be able to rehab my kitchen. If I can't stand it anymore, because I need to be able to just focus on them. Yeah. People that I'm serving. Right. So I can't be, have you seen Maslow's pyramid? Yes. Okay. So at the very bottom, it's like food, shelter, and water. Like I can't be thinking about food, shelter, and water if I'm going to help all these people. So you have to be able to receive so that you can fill yourself up. You have to get the money. If you don't get the money, you're going to get depleted and then you can't help anybody. I love that you said that. And I think that connection for so many people continues to get lost because, and I talk about that all the time with, you know, even speaking of Tony Robbins, like he had something that he said recently, I listened to his podcast and and a lot of his stuff. And he said something like, basically you can't sustain the mission if you can't receive 
the gifts that you deserve for being a part, like more or less you have these big dreams, but if you're worried about food, shelter, and water down the bottom, you can't be in service to the people that you are meant to help because you've got some very basic, very necessary things that you, your mind and your energy is being spent on at a different level and you can't show up. Yeah. And even with like charging rates as a health coach, like you need to charge what you feel called to charge and what you feel aligned with, but it has to be something where you are taken care of. Like you said, buy good food, get your coffee, pay your rent, pay your more, whatever it is so that you can energetically show up and be the person that they deserve. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not up to you to always be scrambling and always, there's no virtue in suffering. There's no virtue in not making money. There's no virtue in accepting less for yourself. And we make it so virtuous. We make it so honorable because, well, I could, well, and how's that working out for you? And how many people are you able to help when you are not willing to take care of yourself and your needs? You can't keep taking care of people. And that's what I think we need to honor and respect is we all have a gift. We all have a way to take care of people. And I love that you're so lit up about being in real estate and helping people find their, their home, find it, you know, because like you said, you're bringing families together, you're bringing husband and wives, like you're coaching them through a process that they really want. And ultimately they're not buying a house from you. Yeah. They're buying their idea of, I actually should have asked you this because I was not too long ago. I was talking about like what you're actually selling when you're selling something. And one of my examples was when you're selling a house, you're not selling the house. You're selling, like, what do you do when you take them into different rooms? You're not like, well, this room has, da, da, da. you talk about the features, but what are you really getting them to commit to when they're looking at that house? Well, I always use their frame of reference. I'll wait until they're actually like, you know, showing signs of like really like in the house and then mm-hmm. I'll get a couch. Depends on if I've been with them for a while. Sometimes the couch is all we talk about in every house. You know, so like, I'll be like, well, do you have a couch? And I say, okay, yeah, you can put it over here. And yeah. so I think honestly, when you sell houses, like you're selling their next life. You're that's, selling their next, like, that's exactly it. And that's what I was talking about on my live. I was like, when you're selling a house, you're selling their vision and their dreams for what's going to happen in that house. Moving is life-changing. I that's mean, what it's about. Yeah. You it's know, all, it's, it's their next level too. Like we're talking yeah. about everybody's next level. Like it's, it's really, it's their next level too. They're leveling up. So, yeah. yeah, they're leveling up. They're leveling up. Well, and, and I even talked about it with like, you know, the, the, like if you're selling a mattress, you're not selling the mattress. You're selling a better night's sleep. Yeah. If you're selling a drill, you're not selling the drill. You're selling what holes do you need and what do you need them for? So what does a health coach sell? Well, that's an interesting predicament that a lot of them find themselves in because they don't know what specific problem they solve. So it's really hard. You said earlier, marketing is everything. It's hard to market what you're doing when you don't have clarity on what you're doing. And a lot of people are like, well, I just want to help people feel better. I buy that. Sorry. What'd you say? I I said I'd buy that. Well, (laughs) people know that they want to feel better, but like there have to be some specific destination points attached to that. What do you want to feel better? You know what I mean? Like one of the ones that I was, an example I was using yesterday, I was like, if you know a woman wants to lose weight, find out what that weight loss really means to her. Is it because three years ago she had a baby and she hasn't been able to have sex with her husband with the lights on ever since? Because there's your marketing. Yeah, that's digging into the pain. Yeah, It's digging into the pain. Like where is this weight holding you back from living your fullest life? It's not that you want to lose the weight. Nobody just wants to lose the weight to lose the weight. Yeah. Nobody wants to just feel better to feel better. 
there's a, an attachment I, in sales. We call it the need behind the need. There's something behind that yeah. that you're really trying to get, not just the weight loss. It's productivity. It, I mean, it could be productivity. It could be, there's so much. Yeah. Yeah. There's so, there's so much. Did we cover all of your tips on big money? I think so. Solving problems. It has to be the logical next step. Your identity, self-talk and self-worth is huge. Yeah. I'm really a big fan of affirmations right now too. It's a good one. Affirmations. Yeah. I've been, I've been journaling a lot of affirmations lately because I've realized it's up to me to reprogram my brain and my beliefs are based on my thoughts and my thoughts are based on my conditioning. And until I start to create those new grooves using affirmations, then I'm going to stay where I am. If nothing changes, nothing changes. That's a good one. I love that. What's your affirmation practice like? Oh, uh, I spend about 12 minutes on affirmations at least once a day, sometimes twice. Wait, I love that you said, I just have to know why 12 and not like 10. They're (laughs) they're recorded. Oh, do you listen to them? So did you record it with your voice? Uh-huh. I did that once. I stopped listening to that, but I should listen to it again. It was actually, we may have been in Vegas when I did it. And I did like a little three minute just recording for myself yeah. and listened to it every morning for a while. I was thinking about like doing some and like putting them on iTunes, mm-hmm. you know, they yeah. don't have, it wouldn't be like a million dollars or anything, but you know, just that something to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Affirmations. Well, Speaking of iTunes, what else are you putting out on iTunes? When am I putting on iTunes? Your podcast. Oh, that's iTunes. Wait, isn't it? I think that's where I listen to it is on iTunes. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about, um, I might have another question or two for you and I'm going to see if anybody else has questions, but tell us about your podcast where we could, because I've, I'm going to be on it. So that's one of the reasons why I'm excited about it, but I've been listening to it and I just, I think it's awesome. So what is it called? Where can we find it? And how can we listen? It's called the Cinderella revolution. It's on iTunes under that title. You can search the Cinderella revolution. You can also go on Facebook and find the page there because every time a new um, episode gets posted, it'll be on there. So you can follow the link that way. And it's really about women and all the challenges that that they've gone through and how they're Mm -hmm. still like having this amazing life anyway. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you go through this shit and you're like, Oh, I'll never get it done. I'll never have this happen. I'll never have that happen. And so it's really about women who have been in the shit, but also have come out on the other side. And yeah, it's actually pretty incredible to hear a lot of the stories, including yours. I mean, they're very inspiring to listen to. Did you hear Darius? I just put that one out. No, but Oh God, I love her story. It's really, I, no, like, I, I also try to tell their stories. Like if you've heard them before, like some yeah. way that I different heard the story a hundred times. So yeah. I always wait, like, maybe I did. Was it Darius that I started you just recently? I was listening to another one with you and you asked a question and they were like, Oh, I've never been asked that question before. And you were like, well, that's who, that's how I roll. That's who I am. I, I like, I dig deep. I just go right for it. I forget who, which one it was. It might've been Darius. It may have been, it may yeah. have been. Cause I think I did start listening to her. She's, you know, she's a TV host. So when I got, when we got done, she was like, oh my gosh, she was like, that was really good. And I know that's a huge compliment. I was like, thank you so much. That is. Yeah. She's just such a fantastic um, human being and her story is tremendous. Yeah. Talk about perseverance. Yeah. Yeah. 
been through so much and she's yeah. just an incredible person. And I mean, everybody on there that I, I have probably five more episodes I need to post at least. And, and they're all like just incredible stories. Oh, I love that. I love, yeah. well, yeah, I told you, I listened to Marie Claire's, um, she's going to be, uh, one of our expert speakers in this group, just like you are tonight. Oh, yeah. in a couple of weeks. She's her. awesome. Yeah. 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 Everything. So cool. Yeah. And, uh, she's talk about big money. Yeah. You're, you're in good company. Cause she's yeah. like, you guys all are just going for it. And it's so amazing to watch it happen and, and watch you up level and really take that on and again, see what's possible for all of us. Yeah. 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 So what is one of your, share with us one of the things that is an area of where you've overcome something major in your life. You've persevered. Probably leaving my job was huge. And I just actually, so when I left my, my job was complicated. Like I was a partner there and yeah, it was very complicated. But Mm -hmm. like when I left there, they gave me some listings to take with me and they actually owed me money to be like 100% honest. They owed me money. So they were like, here, take these listings and and make it from that. So I was like, cool, whatever. When we were negotiating, like my price, like when I was leaving, I didn't figure I would see any of the money anyway. So when they gave me the listings, I was like, bonus, right? So they gave me uh, 19 lots to list that they had had for a few years, never got rid of any lots. And the lots expired yesterday, right? So in the week leading up to it, yeah. So in the week leading up to it, I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna chase this. I'm not gonna harass him. I'm gonna ask him once or twice if he says, you know, if he's blowing me off, cool. I'm not gonna chase him. Well, they're they're just lots. So there was a builder that we had put a marketing agreement together with. So there was a builder involved. The builder kept messaging me. I'm like, shit, I gotta send him a message because the builder is messaging me. So I'm messaging him and like the little digs like that he was taking at me. Like, he's like, well, you haven't sold anything or this or that. But honestly, I sold five in the year that I had them of the 19. It's like 30% of them I sold. Right. And it's like, that's probably one of my greatest things that I've ever overcome is like, while coaching and mentors are really important, you can sometimes put, I think, too much emphasis on what they think of you. Mm -hmm. And it becomes your own voice of like, Mm -hmm well, I, di- I guess maybe I didn't work hard enough on those listings or maybe he's right. Maybe I suck at sales or, mm-hmm. you know, and just like I worked for him for 17 years. So that level of not being appreciated and not being valued and not like to have that at you constantly, I would say that's probably the biggest challenge I've ever overcome in my life. And it wasn't just him. Like I've had other people in my life who were always just not, like, ungrateful, devalued me, like Mm -hmm. just didn't, didn't help at all for my Mm self-worth and you get tied in with those people. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, I think it's a huge feat when you can like stand in your own, your own feet, you know, your own place and realize your own self-worth. And that's why I was talking about self-acceptance earlier. Like I didn't need him anymore to tell me that I did a good job. Mm -hmm. And that was huge for me yesterday to like realize I didn't need him anymore to Mm -hmm. say for 17 years, I waited for him to be like, you did a great job. You added so much value here and there. Like I'm never going to get that from him. Right. And I'm okay with that. And the longer you wait for it, the longer you suffer and the sooner you realize it's not coming and you don't need it. You say, and for me, like I'm an overachiever. So you're like, well, that's not good enough. I'm like, let me try harder. I'm going to try harder. Let me do more. I'm going to do more. 
Mm-hmm. And you still don't get what you you know, what you need. You might get like some crumbs of like, oh, this is okay. Yeah. yeah. So what I had to start doing, and it was a process. I had to, I started my side businesses and then I started to like see on my own what my self-worth was. Cause I started with them when I was like 20, you know? So it was mm-hmm. like, I was a kid and, and just to, I mean, I have to be long winded about it, but I had a really rough childhood, like not childhood, but like teenage years. Mm-hmm. I got into a lot of trouble. I dropped out of school. So like to get a full-time job at 20 was huge for me. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I put so much stake into that. And then I just mm-hmm. waited for him to like say that I did a good job to like, I mean, eventually when I left, I really should have been vice president, but that's not the way it went. It was, right. you know, I don't know if it's because I didn't have a penis or what it was, but it didn't, it didn't work Unfortunately, out. Unfortunately, that probably is a reality in, in many, in many ways. Yeah. So I could have stayed there and waited another 17 years for something to come along and make me feel like I was worth it. But instead I started to build these outside little businesses and create my own evidence. And even like last year when I left and looked back and I'm like, they're still doing so well. And I'm like, I opened up a magazine and it was my exact ad. I was like, they're doing everything that I put in place. Of course they're doing well. Right. Your systems. Yeah. It's my system. It's my process. It's everything. Like it's my team. I hired the whole team and left. Like it's, that's a huge obstacle. I don't even know if I want to say obstacle, but just challenging position to be in, to be able to overcome and, and know that after 17 years, you needed to do better for you and, and take care of you. Yeah. 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 It's been amazing. I've had so much fun since I left. It's been was, it, was it like the weight was just released? Was it like? It wasn't quite that. It wasn't, no, it wasn't quite that fun because, because, you know, after 17 years, partnerships, they Mm -hmm. owned my phone. Like it was messy to leave and it was really took a lot of energy to get through it. And he wasn't making it easy, but instead of saying like, I don't want you to leave or you've added so much value and you've been amazing. It was like just these awful emails. Like, and so it just went on and on and on and on and on. And that's why yesterday when the, when the listings were going to expire, I'm like, I'm finally actually not going to work for him anymore. I'm cool with that. I would have done that a year and a half ago, but then he gave me these listings and like, I was like, okay, I'll take them. They kept the, they kept the hooks there. And so there were emails that got exchanged over it. So like, I really didn't get to feel the freedom. Right. We were still connected. Yeah. So over time, like I got to feel it. It wasn't instant is what I'm trying to say. So the weight lift instantly, but looking back, like, I think it was like two weeks ago, I woke up and I was like making my tea and like in my pajamas and I'm like in my pajamas till 11. I'm like, I don't feel like answering the phone. Like, it's like, I'm literally doing whatever I want right now. Like whatever. Because you can. Yeah. Because you can. I love that. So I know it's way past your bedtime or way past your wind down time. And I'm like watching you just get so lit up and energetic as you're talking. I'm like, she's kind of winding herself back up. You might be up for a while tonight, (laughs) but I want to be, I want to be respectful of your, of your time and your evening. Um, But I would love for you to share. I know we were here to talk about big money, but this is a group of health coaches who is trying to learn how to sell and feel their worth. Do you have any, last pieces of advice on sales. Cause I know, I mean, you've spent your whole career being really, really amazingly good at sales and understanding what motivates people to buy. What good pieces of advice do you have for us about sales? Oh, good question. 
I would say definitely, I mean, the same cliche you always hear, like it's about trust and building relationships mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But I think it's also really about your people and their best interest. Mm-hmm. So like just having their best interest at heart is always, I think the best way to get the sale. Like you could spend two hours with somebody and realize like, bro, you don't need to buy a house. Mm-hmm. And like having the integrity to say that, mm-hmm. you know, to be like, look, mm-hmm. I'm not the right health coach for you. If it came to that, you know, and just, I feel like that also takes all the pressure off. Yeah. So like, just be curious. Like, is this the right move for you right now? And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe in two years, it'll be a better thing for you. Like maybe, maybe you need to, I don't know what the equal would be in health coaching. Like, mm-hmm. But like, for me, it's like, maybe you need to work on your credit. Maybe you need to work on this or that. Like, I don't know if there's any like pre-step to getting a health coach, you know, and sometimes, sometimes they need to fail at something else. Sometimes like, you know, that's the send away clothes, right? It's, you know, it really is. It's like, sometimes let me call you back in two months. And the two months time period is perfect enough for me to check in with you and go, Oh, look, you haven't done anything. And, and obviously, you know, you're, you're not going to say it like that. I don't coach my people to say it like that. But when you check in two months later, you've got everything you need to hear because they have not done the work in, in those two months. And if they have awesome, you get to congratulate them and say, you did it. You told me you were going to figure out how to do this on your own. You were going to design your own workouts and you did it. And I'm so proud of you. I am. I can't believe that you or you know, I totally believe in you. You did. You lost the 20 pounds, whatever. Or you get to say, how much longer do you want to let this go on before you do something about it? Yeah. So for me, I am probably the best advice for me and it doesn't work for everybody, but I'm way like no pressure. Like I and you have to think like I'm dealing with people who are spending, like they're making the biggest purchase of their life. So that works for me. Like the no pressure, right? Like, and people love it. It's a great way to build trust. Yep. And because like I said, like I have a book of business, like I don't, I don't have to sell the house today. You know, I just, the pressure's off. Not only that, but there's money in the bank if there weren't any sales. So it's like, right. I'm not going to pressure you into something that you don't want to do. And I think that builds a shit ton of trust with people. Huge. Yeah. So if you don't get the sale today, let them fail. We're talking about processes all day. Let them fail for two months. Let them go through that process. And then maybe they'll say, oh shit, maybe I should go on and and spend the money on a health coach. Maybe that's what they need. There's nothing you can talk them into. They just have to go to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They're proving to themselves why they need you. And that's ultimately, there is no convincing from the perspective of the seller. There shouldn't be. That's the wrong energy. It's not going to get you the sale. It's awkward. It's a, it's a desperate energy and it's not your job to convince somebody. It's your job to show them how to convince themselves. The only other piece of advice I can think of is more related to marketing is I heard this a long time ago. We're not a real estate company. Mm -hmm. We're a marketing company who does real estate, Mm -hmm. you know? So maybe you aren't a health coach. Mm -hmm. You're a, a marketing company who, who does health coaching. Yep. So it's like, it, that's how important your marketing has to be because yeah. I really don't see any health coaches out here at all. I mean, I think like five years ago, they were like the, the biggest fad and you saw them everywhere, but now I see nothing, nothing. They're not putting themselves out there. 
I can tell you that some of them are, and they're finding the people that they know that they can help that have the problems that they solve. But I would say a lot of it is people are not willing to commit to solving one problem because, you know, you have to start somewhere. It's like, if I want to run 26.2 miles in a marathon, I have to start with two. I have to, or one, or, you know, the first step and you don't get to just go right into it. Like you've got to start somewhere. And you know, what I like to tell people is your niche, the problem that you solve, it's not a tattoo on your face. You're going to change it. It's going to, it's going to evolve as you evolve. You can solve more than one problem later. Solve one for now and see how you do. Mm -hmm. And the, the example that I like to give, this is one example that I heard a coach say once, and it was really powerful is like a lot of people are afraid to get so specific with what they do. Cause they're like, but I don't want to exclude people and dry bar to me is a beautiful example of how they took a piece of a process that they specialize in. And probably a lot of people thought there is no way you're going to be able to have a company that just does blowouts. Like that's ridiculous. Nobody's going to show up and pay $50 for a blowout just to get their hair done. And dry bar is, well, I don't know how they did during the pandemic, but they were super successful because they took the thing that they did really well. And it turns out people wanted that. They didn't need to go through the whole getting their roots done, getting their hair cut, getting the highlights in just to get the blowout. They just want to get a blowout to get a blowout. And I think owning that you're really good at something like that, even if it is really niche, you know, specific and showing up in your excitement and your passion for that is how you're going to build that momentum for people wanting a part of that. But what I see a lot is they're afraid to get specific. Do you think that there's two ways that they could do it? Like aside from like just getting specific and and niching down, but like, there's also like the education piece of like, what is a health coach and what do they do? And like, what are the benefits of having a health coach? Like, okay, it sounds cool, but what does it mean? You know, I mean, education is a big piece of the industry at this point because it is still new. I mean, coaching in and of itself is still relatively new in the big picture, although it is the second biggest growing industry behind tech. So it's huge and it's absolutely a sign of the awakening that I think we're all having in many ways in society that, oh, there's more for my life and I I want to achieve more. And this opportunity to be coached or mentored by someone is going to allow me to, to get that more out of me. And I think people are understanding and recognizing the value, but there's a large percentage of people who don't know what it is and don't get it. And it is our job to teach and educate people on what it is. It's no different than Steve Jobs invented the iPhone and we all have it. I mean, I know that there's other people out there that like the other phone, but (laughs) many people have it, but we didn't know what it was 15 years ago. We didn't know we needed it. Yeah. But now we can't live without it. And I think it's, it's teaching people that they need it. It's showing people what it is. It's being willing to own it. And, you know, and I have some people that are like, but it's so hard. The teaching part is so hard. I'm like, well, nobody said your dreams were going to be easy. Nobody has dreams and then goes, oh, they just all came together and it was easy. I didn't have to teach anybody or show like, you've got to be committed to doing that work. You've got to be so lit up about what it is that you're doing as a health coach that you're like, I can't wait to teach. You're giving me the opportunity to teach you. Cool. I'll tell you what a health coach is, you know? Yeah. And having that energy and, and excitement behind it, I think is a big deal. So well, yeah, I, it's, it's coaches. I would love some videos on what you guys do. <laughs> love that. You guys, are you listening? Jill needs a health coach. She wants to understand what health coaches do. This is actually really good for everybody to hear so that they can start to understand. There are people, you guys, just like Jill, who just want to understand a little bit more about what it is. They want to know what problem you solve. They want to know how to find you. I tell people all the time, like it's your, it's not your job to find your clients. 
It's your job to put yourself in a place where your clients can find you. I have the dumbest questions sometimes. What kind of smoothie can I make? Like, it's so stupid. It's such a dumb question. But like, I don't even go through and look on Pinterest. It's overwhelming. There's 200 choices. Right. Like, which one should I choose? Which one is best for me? And yes. And you've got a health coach that can make that happen for you and it'll be customized and it'll, you know, it's, it's like, there's such a big need for what we do. And, and like I said, that's where I realized I have something that can bridge the gap between them sitting on their certification, doing nothing and getting out there and helping the people who need them. And if I can bridge that gap, then I'm still accomplishing what I wanted to do as a health coach, which was make the world a healthier place. There you go. And I'm just using a skill that I happen to have that I thought I was going to walk away from. You know, I was like, I'm leaving my corporate job. I'm going to do this health coaching thing. And then I was like, oh, my corporate job actually served me in a way that I never, ever could have seen that curveball coming. But I, I'm just so grateful for it. And, and I think that to me is a testament more than anything that it's not up to us to figure out how to get to where we want to go in life. Just be open to receive and surrender to the process and follow the breadcrumbs and the, uh, the way will be shown. The way will be shown. Oh, this was so awesome, Jill. I love it. You had some amazing, you know, and what I love too is sales is sales is sales is sales is sales. And and what I mean by that is it doesn't matter if you're selling a house or selling health coaching or selling a mattress or selling a drill or selling a pen, you know, sell me this pen, you know, the old learn how to sell. Because really you're, you're, it's the same. You're tapping into people's emotions. You're tapping into their vision for what they want in their life in that moment from what it is that you deliver on. Get me to sell you a pen. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. Let's do it. All right. So what are you looking for in a pen? Wow. Well, I use it a lot to take notes and I like to just be, I don't like to have to take the cap off, you know, like I want to just click so that it's ready. Like if I realize I want to write something down, I want it to be ready right away. Huh. Okay. Have you had a pen like that before? I have. Yeah. And I didn't like, I loved the click, but it ran out of ink really quickly. Oh, that sucks. I hate when that happens. Yeah. So yeah. why don't you just go get another one? You know, I tried to order it off of Amazon and it wasn't available. Oh, I hate when that happens too. Yeah. <laughs> you just made me think of something. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> what did I say earlier was my number one? My number one for sales advice is uh-huh. listening. Yeah. Like, listening on like a such a deeper level, like then you can even listening so that they feel seen and heard. Yeah. hundred percent. Listen so that they feel, people want to feel seen and heard and feel validated for how they feel. Sometimes they can't, they can't articulate it even. Mm -hmm. So you have to like listen on such a deeper level, like for the deeper pain that we were talking about earlier, like you have to really listen. So I started to get into your pain. Like you can't find the pen. Right. You didn't, it, your pen ran out of ink too fast. You can't find the pen. Like it's a little bit of like the pain. It's so silly. It's like the pain of like what you're going through. It's exactly, it's exactly what, and it's funny to me because eight years ago when I was like trying to get into sales and like, I had a couple of interviews, I went to some of my friends who were really good at sales. And one of them was like, he's like, yeah, I'll help you. I'll help you just come over. And I came over with my notes and notepad and I was ready to go. I was just going to take notes and whatever he told me, I was going to write it down and study it and memorize it. I get over there and I sit down and I was like, okay, tell me what I need to know. And he goes, sell me that pen. And I was like, I don't know how to sell you this pen. I'm here to learn from you how to sell. He goes, sell me that pen. And I was like, I don't know how to sell it. He goes, just try, let me hear what you got. And I was like, you want to buy this pen? (laughs) I had 
zero clue how to sell. I just thought it was a formula and a process and I could memorize it and I'd be good. And that's again, not to get into, you know, why I do what I do, but that really is why I do what I do. Cause I thought it was just like this thing where you just were like memorized a formula and then you showed up and you sold. And then that was it. And people said, yes. And you closed the deal. And that was my first true interaction with, you know, cause obviously he was annoying. He's like, you can't just ask me if I want to buy the pen. I'm like, you told me to sell you the pen. That's all I know about how to sell the pen. So I asked you if you want to buy the pen and now you're telling me I'm wrong. I don't know what to do. I can't win. He was also an ex-boyfriend of mine. So you can see where the tension there was, was really digging in, you know, but that was my first lesson where he was like, well, how do you know what kind of pen I want? And I was like, well, this is the only pen I have. (laughs) You're being a little too literal right now, Nick. And I was like, okay. So then that was my journey into understanding that it's not about following a formula or automatically closing deals because you did things in X, Y, Z step. It's getting to know the person, like you said, and making it about relationships and just listening and finding out what they want and helping them feel seen and heard and being able to deliver on solving the problem that they have. And then if you, if you don't have the pen that they want, you either tell them, you'll let them know if you find one or you send them to somebody who has the pen they want. Yeah. Yeah. Which builds more of that no like, and trust factor because you just showed up with complete integrity and said, I can't help you with that pen. I know and hear exactly what you want. And I will be happy to keep you in mind. Once I find somebody who sells it, I'll reach out. And then it's like, whoa, they really care about me. They can't help me themselves, but they're going to help me find somebody who can. Integrity is another huge piece too, of making yeah. more money. You have to be in your integrity. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're not in your integrity, you won't feel right receiving the money anyway. Exactly. So, exactly. That's a huge piece. Yep. Be, be in your integrity, be you and listen. Listen. Yeah. I love it. I love it. One more quick question. When can we listen to, well, I don't want to put any pressure on you, but when, <laughs> when, when will my podcast be coming out? But I, I do want to, um, I, I want everybody to know where to go find it because all your episodes are good. I will definitely send you a link so you can post it when your episode comes out, but uh, maybe I'll make yours next. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Whenever, whenever it comes up, it comes up, but I'm excited, but seriously, you guys listen, listen to the Cinderella revolution. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's awesome. Go check it out. You guys. Thank you, Jill. So, so much for selling us a pen, talking about how to sell a house and talking about that big money and telling us that you are so close to your six figure month. And I can't wait. I just let me know as soon I'm sure I'll know as soon as you get there and we can all celebrate with you. Super exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time tonight. I appreciate it. And you guys, if you're watching and you have any questions, let us know. Um, A lot of people watch the replay because I have people that watch from all over the world. So some of them, it's like three in the morning right now. So they may chime in and and ask some questions later on, but uh, but I'm sure they'll love it and enjoy it because I did. And I really appreciate you being here. Awesome. All right. We're signing off everybody. Good night. Thank you all for being here. I'll see you all tomorrow for Nick at Night. All right, that is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait.